Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast less committed than Yachty in his final season. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. Hey, everyone. (laughs) And this week, we are talking about the Cardinals rotation. We're going to check in on some of the rumors that have been swirling around the Cardinals, and we'll take a look at the rest of the hot stove. Today's opening joke came to us via email from Brandon. Alongside the joke, Brandon also wrote, Brandon is sexy, and I want to give him the kisses I owe him. What? So there you, we go. <laughs> you read that on the show? Hey, you know, I'm committed. If you have an idea for the opening bit, tweet or email us. Talk about birds. We'll read it on the show. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, wow, what a good way to start the show. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, frankly, uh, it's only up from <laughs> there. You go. The, from, That's I yeah. like that attitude. Let's start <laughs> at the bottom and we'll climb our way out of it, and we'll end the show on top. Yeah, um, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah, definitely. The show's getting better and not descending into more madness. <laughs> <laughs> January, Nathan. It is January in the baseball season, yes, and it, it feels is. like it. Um, it is both hot and cold out. All the windows yeah. are open in our house. Really? In, in January. Yeah. It's beautiful here right now. Um, I woke up to two inches of snow. We shouldn't do no weather talk. No, <laughs> no, no weather, weather talk. talk. We yeah, need to no make that a rule. Talk. No weather talk. Who cares? Yeah. Gorilla. How you doing today? <laughs> Fine. Four eyes. Um, <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, I, I, I'm like you, any, any other man or woman, I, you know, I put my pants on one leg at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, boot up my podcast machine and sit here and wait for the show. You know, that's, that's yeah. really all I got going right now. Mm-hmm. I plug myself into the wall charger. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I, I, I lied to you actually. I, I, I got, I don't know if this is something going on, but I had a, I went and saw a 20 year old movie last night with a friend of mine, uh, called Mulholland drive. Have you seen that? Um, no, I haven't. I'm glad you said movie at the end of that uh, statement. But um, yeah, yes, I, uh, I I'm familiar with the with the film, but I've not seen it. It's a Lynch. It's a David Lynch movie. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil it because it's really bizarre, but uh, or because it's really good. Uh, but it was really bizarre is what I meant to say. And it left me I, I've kind of had it like stuck in my my craw a little bit. So I'm feeling a little strange today, a little, um, I don't know, maybe like, uh, like I got borderline personality disorder or a little, little violent or a little vengeance filled or something like that. I don't know, but you know that I, I had a, I, I got to the Alamo draft house a little bit early, had a couple of cocktails and then watched this film and it's kind of, um, got you know, on edge. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm yeah. a little off today or maybe not even off just like a little, I don't know. I I don't know where my uh, what what direction I'm sh- I should be pointing in. That's it's strange. Well, we don't really know what on looks like for years yet. So I guess for now that we'll this just what I get. Yeah, sharing, this is sharing my yeah. life with you, and, and, uh, and you jump down my throat. 
there's a, a new Al- Alamo draft house just opened here in St. Louis. Um, it's like really close to our house. So we haven't gone yet, but we're going to really soon. I'm very excited about it. Um, are you a David Lynch fan? Have you watched much David Lynch before? I have a mass. I've never watched a single episode of Twin Peaks, um, mm. but I would consider myself a fan. But I don't know if if I was in like a, a David Lynch fan group and I said I've never watched an episode of, da- of Twin Peaks, I think that they would say you should take a hike or it's go watch that of, show uh, if there was a fan club for oh i'm sure there are fan clubs for yeah. david lynch i have to assume that the sort of ticket to entry is having watched uh twin peaks which yeah. you don't need me or anyone else telling you that you should watch it you're probably aware yeah at this point that you should watch it but um yeah i i am a big david lynch fan i love the original twin peaks I think I'm one of the few that generally enjoyed the Twin Peaks uh, new season that came yeah. five, six years ago. Um, there were parts that were nearly unwatchable, um, even as a fan, because it's just yeah. so absurd that I it's like kind of hard to put words to it. Um, much smarter people than me have tried. Uh, but generally, like uh, Blue Velvet, another yeah. fantastic film. I, I don't know if you've seen that, but seen I Blue I, Velvet. I, yeah, I've okay. seen some of the films, not all the films. Um, but I always any like I I think I am almost intimidated by Lynch movies because they are like yeah. dense and interesting and weird and like I'll say Mulholland Drive has like a pretty non-linear storyline. And I will say, so my theory. Uh, listeners, if you have seen this movie or if you care about this at all, was it all Diane's fantasy? Um, <laughs> tweet at me. Uh, just tweet at me directly, directly at Samorka. Um, learn me. I was doing I was reading an Entertainment Weekly article. I was like, what the hell is going on? But is it all Diane's fantasy um, is my question that I'm asking uh, a- anyone yeah. help me? Yeah, I need to watch that. I don't know. Um, well, go and watch. Twin Peaks, the yeah. show. It's a pretty light watch until the second half. Like the the second, the last like quarter of the show, it gets incredibly bizarre and difficult to watch. And then the the new series is pretty much the entirety is hard to watch. <laughs> but uh, I'd be interested to hear your take on it because it was definitely going for something and it didn't yeah. land for most people. But mm. I, it's it is David Lynch unrestrained. Yeah, yeah. most most of his stuff. There's some degree of of like a desire to make it um, <laughs> enjoyable, sure. <laughs> and uh, then there's things like the back half of Twin Peaks and uh, the new series that is yeah. like seemingly for no one other than David Lynch. So hey, good for him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's definitely a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> which I guess that's not really saying very much, but yeah, um, I guess it's a good thing. Sure. Um, yeah, but well, I, we we should move on. But I, I like Cronenberg. Uh, I like all the give me the yeah. weird art house freak show stuff that makes you question um, why 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 you're even here uh, you, all I, day. I don't want to move on. When you're going to Alamo Draft House, are you eating oh, during the movie? Well, typically, if I'm going to Alamo, I plan it right around a meal time so that okay. I can eat while I watch the movie. It's it's all about efficiency, Nate. Yeah, of course. 
Um, and you're also live streaming, you know, cause if you're not doing it for content, why are yeah. you doing anything? Exactly. Um, so what is your go-to movie meal at the Alamo? They brine their chicken fingers 24 hours. They're fantastic. Wow. And also, you know, it's easy to eat chicken fingers while you're watching yeah. a movie. Cause you don't have to look down all the time. These people who get salads, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm How are you watching the movie? To, I'm so sick of having to look at my food. Yeah, you just dip it in the cheese sauce and you shove it in mm-hmm. your mouth and no you know, nobody can see your face because it's dark, so you just wipe up later and you know, get have your wet naps. Just turn around, rub your face on the chair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and a and a couple of cocktails. Daddy always needs his uh, his medicine. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right. All right. Now I'm can just, we move never on? Never mind. I regret yeah. I regret bringing Thank this you. up. Um, Daddy's thirsty. Uh, stop. Don't dig deeper. <laughs> Abort. Get out of here. Okay. All right. All right. Let's talk about Cardinals. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, I think the the constant conversation we've been having through this whole offseason, really for the last two years of uh, being a Cardinal fan, yes. is the Cardinals starting rotation. Um, and yet here we are. There's more. There's still a little bit more to talk about, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I've been kind of like as the Cardinals have like not done uh, anything at all since Wilson Contreras, which was December 6th or 7th or something like that. And we've been kind of sitting here waiting for something to budge kind of got me thinking, like, what are the Cardinals? Are the Cardinals maybe looking at the rotation in a way that fans and maybe a good chunk of the rest of the league are not looking at the, or are, are, are looking at the rotation like, or, or sorry, do the Cardinals have a different perspective in the way in which teams should be using their rotation that is more in line with the Rays, uh, for example, who I think are, you know, they're a model organization in one way, and that is getting, uh, you know, the most value out of the least dollar. Um, and one of the ways that they've done that is that I don't want to say that they've punted on starting pitching. Um, cause they, they haven't done that. They have some good pitchers. They, Corey Kluber is a, you know, he's a, a solid three, four that they signed last year. The rotation should be led by Tyler glass. Now this year, who I think or is above average Shane McClanahan. I think one of the best young pitchers in baseball, Shane is, McClanahan. Yeah. And that is true, but they have invested very, very little money in Shane McClanahan. He is making minimum wage. I, I'm saying right. guys that they're actually investing dollar amounts to, gotcha. I think okay. of course, any team in baseball, if you develop a Shane McClanahan, you know, it's that's that's just right. how you want it to go. But uh, the decisions that they're actively making outside I of see. drafting. So it got me thinking, are the Cardinals are, are we maybe overvaluing the rotation from a fan uh, perspective? And also what, what I was thinking about that or, or sorry, what was kind of leading me to think about that was obviously the example of the Rays. But also the idea that every single year since I don't have the year in my mind, but let's say over the past seven or eight years, the starting rotation uh, league wide, the starter starting pitchers are covering less and fewer and fewer innings and the bullpen is covering more and more innings. And we are seeing people shuttled from the minor leagues to the major leagues to spot start to pick up some innings in the bullpen, you know, a la Jake Woodford. Uh, Dakota Hudson last year, the way that, you know, the Cardinals have been utilizing that. So I I'm kind of blabbering and, and wandering on, on this statement, but I'm curious, do you think 
what I'm positing makes sense? Do you think that I am giving Mosaic and crew too much credit? Um, and I guess I'll, I'll say one other thing uh, before I hand the mic over to you. And sorry, but like we do Cardinals, share one mic. That's, <laughs> it's, it's, I, I don't think people know that no. that you speak and then fly to St. Louis, hand yeah. me the microphone, and then I say my part, and then I fly back to Denver and hand you the microphone. Yes, each episode is thousands we are hemorrhaging. Of thousands of dollars. Yeah, so hemorrhaging please money. check out please check out the Patreon. Um, <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> yeah, Daddy's got to play for, pay for these flights somehow. <laughs> Um, Stop calling yourself daddy. Hey, you get tequila. I'm getting daddy. That's my thing. <laughs> oh, tequila. <laughs> um, what I was going to say is the Cardinals have the offense at this point and last year, and I think we can assume into next year, the offense and the defense to maybe make up for that. So maybe it's this whole kind of thought process that obviously Mosaic isn't like sitting down with a the podcasters and bloggers and saying, Hey guys, this is what we're doing now or whatever your weird impression of Mosaic is. Um, uh, so, uh, Hey, it's, uh, me, Mosaic. Yeah. So, oh, you know, when you think about it. Yeah. Yeah. When you think about it, ultimately, um, uh, we're ultimately so, pretty comfortable. All right. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. So I know I just said a lot of words, um, to, to try to round out that idea. But what do, what do you think of that point of view? Do you think I'm on to something? Do you think I sound like a conspiracy theorist? What What is your thought on, on what I just said? I think that it's fair to assume that Mazalak and crew have a very thoughtful reason behind the decisions that they've made around the starting rotation. I think we would be incorrectly like um assuming too much ignorance or um like naivete from a Zalek and crew if we truly think they're sitting at the in the in their little suites their little offices um thinking boy we have a suitable starting rotation that's going to last all year and serve the purpose of the starting rotation as we think of it like, I don't think they're thinking that. Yeah. Um, so there must be some other calculation that's coming in play that is making them feel comfortable to go into the season with what we have. Now, again, we don't know. Like, there's a bunch of rumors and we're talking about. We're going to talk about those in a minute. There may still be augmentations coming to the starting rotation that will render some of this mood. But if we go into the starting or go into the season with the starting rotation as is, which we have for the last two years now, if not more, gone in with questions in the starting rotation. I think we have to accept the fact that this is something that the Cardinals feel is a calculated like intent. Um, because it's not just like fans. It's not like everywhere you look, the Cardinals have a projected middle of the order at best rotation. Yeah. And that's assuming health. Like even if the five guys are healthy, it's still a middle of the order rotation. If we get... 200 innings from everyone who's projected to be a starter. We're still like, cool. We probably end in the top 10 to 15, you know? Um, so, so, to, so I think there's something now, is it what you're saying that they, that they're thinking that we're kind of, we're thinking about starting pitchers in a totally different way than the rest of the league. And every time we get shit for thinking about starting pitchers, 
differently. Like they're just, they just don't understand. They just don't get it. We're ahead of the curve on, on starting pitching. It could be that I would say if it's that they're not doing a good job at it because two years in a row at the mid at the trade deadline, we've had to go and buy a bunch of scrap heat pitchers, which like, but I know it's kind of worked right, but they've given up very little. Um, yeah. I mean, the best player they gave up was Harrison Bader. Um, yeah. and I think we're all a fan of that trade. Um, even though right. we like Bader, um, yeah. so they haven't like, they have given up, but they have not like backed up the brink truck or, or sold yeah. off on any high end prospects. All the high end prospects are still there. Bader again, I think this podcast loves him, but is a little redundant at this point yeah. with the center field options that are on the big league roster and in the minor leagues. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I think the other alternate alternative here is that they just don't think any of the starting pitchers that have become available in the last year or two via free agent are worth the cost. And that and, might, that might be fair. I mean, like most of the time these starting pitching contracts end up being kind of albatrosses. But the market is what the market is, right? right? And like, if you want a player of that caliber, it might not fit exactly how you want. You might have to make yourself uncomfortable with the contract, but that's that's how the market is. And that's how the market was last sure. year. And it obviously was this year uh, with the kind of money that was thrown around. So like, but a bad contract is a bad contract. Like, I'm not talking about the like, you know, the guy ends up being like a middle order of the rotation guy and he's a little overpaid or whatever. That's fine. But like, I think a, a, a good majority of these really expensive pitchers, um, you know, most of those contracts don't work out at like on multiple levels, you know, yeah. for every Max Scherzer, there's five Chris sales, you know, um, yeah, but Chris sales got a ring. Uh, so yeah, no, I, I think that's, I think you're right. Um, so it could be a mix of all those. It could be, they think we're going to, we're approaching the starting rotation differently than is classically assumed because we have elite defense and we should have a top of the line offense that makes up for our mediocre defense or mediocre pitching staff. We can augment it at midseason if we get a bunch of bad outcomes, and maybe we can continue to swing these sort of yeah. middle level deals, these under the radar deals. I mean, the Bader from Montgomery one, I, I think it's a different class than the Oviedo for Quintana yeah. or um, was it Lane Thomas for uh, J A Happ or you know like those ones that have happened over the last few years, like John Bader from Montgomery. Yeah, it was, it was from, Thomas heard Lester. Yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, um, Bader from Montgomery was actually like two teams just trading value of depth. Yeah. You know? Um, but uh, and then on top of that, there's like, you know, we obviously all certainly thought Carlos Rodon was the right combo of cost and um risk, especially after that deal that we saw him sign. Right. Right. But Ooh. maybe the maybe the Cardinals just don't you know and there's not well obviously the cardinals just don't they didn't you know so because i think we can all agree like i the cardinals the rangers signing to grom that's cool like i'm glad that they did it i don't know like if it's going to be a good contract for anyone like a lot of times signing these big contracts for pitchers just don't work not even on like a mediocre level they just are bad 
you know? Yeah, and I think, like, the Rangers are obviously doing something totally different. They're trying to, like, reboot their fan base, reboot their uh, entire franchise. They're right. doing a bunch of high-risk, high-money plays, and they're, they're in a totally different world. But I think, like, it, it kind of leads me to my next question, and I think we talked about this when Carlos Rodon, Rodon signed. It's like, if this isn't the type of player that you're interested in, and I think you and I look at Rodon as a ace, um, like right. he, he fills, however you define an ace, he fills an ace. I think he is probably a top three pitcher in baseball right now, um, with his, with everything, um, you know, obviously assuming health, um, right. but you look at the projections, everything like that. So that makes me say, do the Cardinals need an ace? Because if they're not going to go get Rodon for that price with his skill set, makes me think that they're never going, or with the current mindset, they are not going to go buy an ace. So I want to ask you, do the Cardinals need an ace to be competitive? And I think we believe right now they'll be competitive in the central to be competitive in the playoffs is what I'm saying. Yeah. And then I want to ask you on top of that, is Jack Flaherty that guy? If, if, if the answer is yes, no, or in between, like does, can he fill that role? Do the Cardinals need it? Is I, I guess what I'm trying to ask you. Yeah. Um, on your first point, I'm sitting here trying to think of like other times that we know about the Cardinals truly pursuing an ace level pitcher on the free agent market. And the last one I can remember was David price. Yeah. Um, and there were, I mean, this was fully reported on David price said, I went to play golf thinking I was going to be a St. Louis Cardinal. I, I had said yes. And when the, by the time my game was done, uh, I was a it's round uh, when you're golfing. What? What? It's round. What I said. What did I said. Whatever. You can play a game of golf. No, you can't. Like you can play Tiger Woods on the on the Xbox. Yeah. But well, what? We, isn't that what we're talking about? Jeez. Nate's I've never been outside. <laughs> Wait, you can play golf in real life. <laughs> um, tequila. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh. And price fits into the a very specific mold that we've seen the Cardinals actively pursue, which is basically a young, uh, high-level free agent. That's like the only guys that they go after sure. for these big-time contracts. And Rodon is thirty, so it's like they they're they're they seemingly will not do that. Right, they like I'm young. They you know, um, if Carlos Rodon was twenty six, maybe. They're in on him. Well, yeah, but, he also doubles that. That yeah, of uh, course, guaranteed. Of course. Yeah, but like we've seen it, the Cardinals with Hayward, with uh, Price, with Stanton. Um, you know, that's the only time we've seen them out there. Like all players that they did not get, they could not close the deal. Yeah, but it turned out all good choices, right? So they're they. You never know. Well, of course, we don't know for sure, but I think. But Price, Hayward have been not really good for like five or six years. Stanton, maybe it would have been awesome to have him as a Cardinal. And I think, yes, it's easy to say that. But I don't like I don't think you can just say one for one because Hayward was bad with the Cubs. He would have been bad with the Cardinals. Like it's a whole different set of circumstances. So that's all I'm trying to say. And they they still refuse to go over. Like I said, and I think GMs have said this all winter. You do have to get uncomfortable to sign these high end guys. And the Cardinals yeah. have never done that. Right. Um, no, when you got freaking Arenado, who will apparently 
likely have thrown away like $200 million or something to accept his opt-out or his opt-in. That is looking from a financial standpoint, that is looking worse and worse with every one of these mega deals that get oh, signed. Yeah. I, I think he very likely cost him uh self a hundred million dollars by uh by not by by saying no or by opting yeah. in instead of hitting the free agent market. Uh, yeah, you're yeah, you're probably right, but we've talked about this. Like when you sign yeah. a two hundred and sixty million dollar contract, do you think about money anymore? You're done, right? But yeah. I, I, well, I get to both sides. Yeah. It depends on the on the person. But um anyway, so to your other point, is Jack Flaherty the guy? I man, I sure hope so. I don't know. You know, like it, it's like we basically got a all time elite half a season from Jack Flaherty. Right. And everything clicked, everything looked great. And then since then, it's just been injury after injury after ineffectiveness, you know, like he when he's been healthy, quote unquote, he hasn't looked great. Um, A lot of the peripherals still kind of line up to be okay, but even some of those have looked pretty rough over the last two years. But maybe that's all an extension of these injuries and just like not being able to get back into uh, consistent form and consistent shape because I know that's a big thing for pitchers is being able to hit your routines and do the same thing day in, day in and day out. And he clearly has not been able to. So we don't really know what like a fully healthy, fully in form uh, Jack Flaherty looks like. I certainly hope and do believe there is still that like ace level Flaherty in there like it's hard to believe that that's just gone. Um, but I have a hard time counting on it, you know? Yeah. yeah Steamer has Flaherty projected for 145 innings, 1.2 war. Um, obviously yeah. not great. And the starting pitching power rankings have Jack Flaherty. Uh, this is on fan graphs, have him ranked as the 184th, uh, most, uh, or, uh, best pitch, uh, starting pitcher in baseball right now. So, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, think and that's fair. And, and, like, only Saint, only Cardinal fans are like, "Hell yeah, Jack Flaherty!" At this point, you know. Yeah, I mean, it was 2019. That was the last time that he has really been a solid, effective pitcher. And I think, yeah, I think it's kind of hard to it's hard to bet on him in, in any realm right now. And I think what I worry is that the Cardinals are betting on him. Um, but that being said. Maybe you don't need an ace to be effective. Maybe you just need seven or eight arms, which in uh, you know early or late last year in late December, that's what Mosaic said. He said that that is our strength. We have seven or eight arms that are competitive. Why would we add another name to that mix? Um, and he's you know dropping Graceffo and uh, Thompson and uh, the other younger guys in there. Uh, Palante, I think he also referenced. Um, now we both know, and everyone listening knows that like it is Mosaic's kind of way about it is to say, yeah, we're absolutely stacked at this position, not even thinking about it. And then, you know, Shane Bieber shows up on uh, a press conference, <laughs> uh, a, a week wow. later or something like that. But, uh, yeah, no, I think that's interesting. Um, let's, let's move on. I, I did want to bring up something from our conversation last week. We were talking about Cardinals extensions, uh, and I think I was saying, Tommy Edmund, Tommy Edmund, get it done before spring training. Uh, and a buddy of mine, Dylan, shout out Dylan, texted me um, a thought. And I, I was as soon as he texted it to me, I was like, oh, yeah, duh. No, the most likely extension candidate is Jordan Montgomery. 
Um, I think that I would not be surprised if it gets done before spring training. I think he's an obvious candidate. I think he fits exactly into what we're talking about. I think Mosaic knows that 2024 pitching staff is looking really slim. Um, and clearly they like Montgomery. They went and got him. They traded a player that they really liked to go get him. Um, maybe he's a little on the older side, but you know, I'm thinking he probably could get a miles Michaelis deal, something similar to that. Extend them four or five years at a, you know, I don't know, low twenties, some somewhere around there probably makes a lot of sense, but I just wanted to make sure I brought that up because I think it's a hundred percent right. And, uh, he's the most likely candidate. Yeah, no notes. I agree. Um, now most likely, you know, I don't know, but, um, like maybe most obvious. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know if there's a huge difference there, but like, it certainly seems like they absolutely should. I, I think we're all projecting a pretty big season from Montgomery this, this upcoming year, a full year with the Cardinals. Um, I have pretty high expectations and he's probably only going to get more expensive after this year. So do it now. This is the one exception to that rule that we I was just saying about the Cardinals never go out and do big contracts. They obviously will do extensions and they will pay players for extensions um, if it's the right guy. And yeah. like besides the effectiveness that we saw and sort of the the fit and how much everybody he immediately seemed to like lock in with the team and everybody loved having him on the team. Your point about the 2024 uh, rotation, like if it's not him, like they're going to need to go to the free agent I, market, you know, then like, well, we, and then we repeat the entire conversation we just had, you know? Yeah. I, I've like over anxiety myself about thinking about the rotation, not in 23, but in 24. Like, yeah. What are we going to do? Where are the arms coming from? Where are the innings coming from? Are all the pitching prospects just going to work? Is that they're the all going to work? Is Tink Our, Hintz going to jump like four levels? Like, yeah. What? Yes. Yes. <laughs> what is yes. happening? Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking uh, M- Michael McGreevy. The starting rotation yeah. in 2024 is uh, Montgomery because they are going to do that. Yeah. And then it's Zach Thompson, Matt Libertor, Gordon Graceffo, yeah. uh, Connor Jerpy, and Michael McGreevy. Yeah, and the Cardinals are going to win 84 games and we're going to have a great time with it. (laughs) Let the kids play. Um, Let the kids play. Yep. One other thing, I'm sure we talked about this a while back, but I I just think it's worth bringing up that in his uh, limited time with the Cardinals last year, he only pitched 63 innings and they're lights out innings with the Cardinals. Um, His strikeout rate jumped uh, by one point. He went from seven and a half to eight and a half. Uh, his home run rate dropped by 2%. His fastball gained a mile per hour um, and his FIP lost an entire run. Like he just came over, like you talk about fitting in with an organization and and we talked about it ad nauseum, the idea changing the picks, pitch mix, relying on the four seam fastball a little bit more, changing, just changing where he was pitching, going inside to righties and everything like that. Like what it, it just, like I said already, I just think it's such a slam dunk fit. They went and got him. He wants to be here. He's in that Wayne route, Wayne Wright Carpenter mold. Like, let's just take the Wayne route. <laughs> That's actually not bad. I don't hate that. <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, we'll get it done, Mo. We want to see it. Yeah, same. 
And I guess, well, okay, I'll stop blabbering on about Jordan. The the it, the problem still is there that he is a good two three. He is not your one, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Well, laughing but, at me. Okay, let's let's uh, move on. <laughs> I'm not going to say anything except for these four more points. Hold on, real <laughs> fast. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, so uh, there have been a number of things that come out to indicate that the Marlins pitching staff is an open shop right now, though. Yeah. Um, not least of which them basically saying, make us offers. Um, yeah. it sounds like they don't want to trade, um, Sandy, which is fair. Who would ever trade Sandy Alcantara? That would be and stupid. That would that probably be, hurt the organization for years. If they were to do something like that, you'd never do something like that. And, um, there was one other one. They said they don't want to trade, uh, it doesn't another, matter. Another pitcher that they didn't want to trade. Yeah, I feel like there was one more they said they didn't want to trade. But I mean, anyway, six though, I feel like they would they'd be yeah. kind of screwing themselves just because his value is so low right now. Not the right time to trade him. But yeah. besides their current rotation, they've got Max Meyer, maybe? Max Meyer. They've got Yuri Perez. They've got a bunch of people in the minors that look like yeah. they're the next um, you know, frontline starter for the Marlins. And so they also just signed Johnny Cueto for no reason other than, I guess, maybe to fill a hole after they trade someone. Yeah. So uh, a lot of Cardinal fans have zeroed in on two people. Um, one we've talked a lot about, Pablo Lopez, and the other being Edward Cabrera, yeah. um, who is younger, way more control, and possibly a higher ceiling as well, but also way less proven than yeah. Pablo Lopez. Um, so I would imagine that Lopez would be more affordable than Edward Cabrera. Um, yeah. where would you go if, if, you know, if we, yeah. we assume Edward Cabrera, high risk, high cost, but you know, highest reward potential or Pablo Lopez also high reward potential, but yeah. also probably a higher floor. Yeah. And I think. Yeah, I, I think it's, and I actually, I, like, for the sake of this conversation, I think Jesus L- Lazardo and yeah. uh, uh, who's the other big lefty that they have who had a down year? I'm, Trevor Rogers. Trevor Rogers. So I kind of look at all four of those guys kind of being that solid number two, three player with some, like, you're, you're, you know, there's a, a variability that Edward Cabrera could be a, a beast. I mean, you, same could be said for Lazardo with just stuff alone. And Pablo Lopez, like Pablo Lopez is the oldest name on that list. And he's going to be 27 in a couple of months. Like he's still a a baby. They're still, you know, finding their own. Um, But I do think that they're a little like Pablo Lopez has the track record. Edward Cabrera doesn't, but has the upside. I do think that they're all kind of really, really even um, with Trevor Rogers kind of piquing my interest just because he had that year in 21 that was so impressive and, and we know it's there. Um, so my interest is kind of, I think any of them would help this team. I don't think any of them would be the number one on the staff. I mean, they might by default, like, uh, but we're talking about like an ACE and like kind of trying to define that. Um, so all of that being said, um, it, it really depends on like who you want to give up, because I think if you're talking Edward Cabrera, like the conversation starts with Norlin, Nolan Gorman, um, mm-hmm. and you're not getting anything less than that. It's going to be Nolan Gorman. I think that you can likely make a trade with the Marlins and hold on to Jordan Walker 
and uh, and get one of those names. But that's probably one of the few guys that you're holding on to. Uh, and, and I agree with you. I, I think it's probably, and, and I don't know, should we throw Max Meyer and Sixto into this conversation? Like, we'll say we'll say Sixto is probably not going to be traded, but Max Meyer and Edward Cabrera probably the two most valuable, and then Jesus Lazardo and uh, Trevor Rogers and Pablo Lopez are a uh, one step down just because of control. Do you think that that's a fair assessment? Yeah. Um, and I doubt you are getting Max Meyer either. Yeah. You know, um, I don't see why they would trade him right now. Um, still rookie status. Well, you know, I, I, think- I mean, yeah, the reason they would trade him is because they would get like Gorman and win and Burleson yeah. and change their offense overnight. Um, but it would, you would have to pay a haul for him and you'd be paying a haul for a guy who's been in the majors for like five minutes. You know, I think he has under a hundred innings in uh, Who, Max Meyer. Yeah. Well, he did six innings in the majors last year. Yeah. I, th- um, I thought it was more than that. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean he, and he has, he had um, at triple a, he had 58 innings. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, he has pitched 160 roughly just yeah. professional innings and he just skyrocketed to the yeah. majors, um, you know, third overall pick a yeah. years back. So, so, um, so yeah, I guess the, the, the problem that I'm having here is like, part of me is thinking about, the Cardinals competitive window is now um, with the age of our, yeah. our stars and, and kind of how you're looking at that. And then part of me is weighing that thing that we were just talking about of like, what does the rotation look like in 24, 25, 26? So like in my point of view, I think it makes sense to go get a high end guy that you can have for a while and just pay out the ass for it. Go get your guy. It's Edward Cabrera. The other part, like who's going to help the Cardinals tomorrow the most? Pablo Lopez. I think that's right. I think that's a hundred. I, I don't even think it's close. I think he is the guy that you can go trade for him and you have, you can call him your one or two. Um, he'll give you close to 200, very good innings and he might get better. Like I said, he's not even 27 yet. Um, but I don't know. It's it, like, like I'm saying, like what do we have? Do the Cardinals have a number one, two in the minors right now that, could reasonably take over that for the foreseeable future, or do you go find the guy outside of the organization from the Marlins? I think I know I'm that like talking Pablo, in circles yeah, around this. Yeah. I know. I think the answer comes back to what it, how I felt from the beginning, and maybe I'm just you know digging in on the the opinion that I've already created. But I I really feel like Pablo Lopez is the correct answer to all of these questions. Yeah, you still. Have, three years of control. So it's not like you're is a rental and three years with a pitcher is an eternity. Um, and every year he has gotten better and he's going into his age 27 season, which is entering peak years. You're getting him for 27, 28, 29 peak pitcher years. He's gotten better every year. You know, it's exactly how the, this is how most pitchers develop. Yeah, most guys don't come into the league in their early 20s and dominate. Obviously it happens, but most guys are good. Like look at uh, Max Scherzer and I'm of course not comparing him to 
uh, like directly comparing him to Max Scherzer, but Max Scherzer for for most of his twenties was like good, competitive. Everyone knew he had it in him, and then he, it finally clicked in his like late twenties, and now he he's been on he's you know a first ballot Hall of Famer, right? right? Like that's actually how most pitchers develop, and everything about Pablo Lopez to me screams the the standard development for a pitcher going into excellence. Yeah, you know, and and if not, if he stays what he is, 180 innings, right around three WAR, that's super valuable too, yeah. and they need that. So it seems to me that makes the most sense. You could gamble on one of these other dudes and hope they ascend quickly, and we solve the sort of ace problem. But if not, they're right back in the soup with all the other dudes that we have that have high expectations but aren't there, and we paid uh, everyone for them. Yeah, you know and. I don't know. I mean, it'd be a lot of fun. Don't get me wrong. Hell yeah, go and get Edward Cabrera. Or I, I'm a big fan of Jesus Lazardo. I, you know, yeah. I think he's he looks great too. Um, Just like I'd be arm talent, yeah, like crazy. Jesus Lizard, great nickname too. <laughs> God, is that what they call him? Yeah, that's you good. Never heard that? No, yeah. I like it though. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, I'd be happy with any of them. Don't get me wrong, but it, it like. It just seems to me that Pablo Lopez is the right choice. He's solving he's solving for tomorrow and possibly really solving for 24 and 25 if he ascends in the way yeah. that it looks like he could. Yeah. No, I think you're right. Like if I can wave, wave a magic wand, it would be Pablo Lopez. Um and, and I'd be extremely happy with that. Um but I will say before we move on like any of those five guys that we talked yeah, about would sure. really fit the Cardinals well. Um, I, I buying into the Trevor Rogers bounce, bounce back story. I think it's going to happen. I think he's too good to not. Um, and, uh, so, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. I just don't Trevor Rogers and six to me. It's like, why would you trade them right now? They're, they're, they're at such low value. Yeah, unless you just think they're not coming back. I, I, well, six is a bit of a headache. I wouldn't be like totally shocked if the Marlins were like, you know who we don't want to deal with anymore is the guy that <laughs> yeah. lies to us about his workouts or or where he is when we're we're yeah. trying to prescribe XYZ to him. Maybe maybe I don't want a high end player that uh is fibbing or you know, or you know who whatever. also doesn't want that? Who? John Mazalek. <laughs> but the Cardinal way, Nate, he'll fold right oh, in. Oh, sure. Yeah. He'll fold yeah. right in. Wayno will take him under his wing and uh, George Kissel. Pick him up by his bootstraps, playing acoustic yeah. guitar. Hell yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll just say George Kissel again, and and then we can move on. Um, you know who also would not be a great fit for the Cardinals? Let, yes, uh, yes, Trevor Bauer. Yeah. Let's not. Let's let let's just. I don't even want to spend too much time on this. I, I the only reason I even want to bring it up is because I see people talking on Twitter and on other social platforms like. What's the big deal? Get the guy. He served a suspension. I don't want him. I don't yeah. want to. I, I, I honestly, I don't want him so bad that. Like. I don't want to say I'd question my fandom. I would. Do everything in my fans power to argue against that, to reach out to the club. I don't want to watch this guy's face. Yeah. Yeah. For 30 game, 32 games a year. I don't want him to be in the aura of the Cardinals. 
I don't want to read the story about how he sat down with Ali Marmol and Adam Wainwright and, and they figured it out and they figured out how he could be a Cardinal and how he's not going to be. I don't want to read any of that. I don't want to be yeah. a part of it. I, I don't care about winning enough to kind of, geez, I don't know, sell my yeah. yeah moral compass off for a year or two or however long he would be with the Cardinal. Like, I just don't want it um, at all. Yeah. I agree. I was going to say winning isn't worth it. And no. you, uh, you said the same thing basically. So, so let's move on. Cause I don't even want to talk about yeah. that dude. Just anymore. please don't so, do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a few other rumors. What do you want to talk about? Uh, well, I thought we could make fun of Jim Bowden's non rumor rumor. Um, <laughs> and I guess like when you, <laughs> can we, can we, it's, if you're not familiar with it, yeah. um, do you have it in front of you? Uh, no, I can pull, I could pull it up though. It's really funny. I mean, this is this has got to be the bare minimum, like reporting that anyone can do and still call it like. Yeah. I don't even, is it even reporting? Like, is it even could, reporting? What a great, yeah. great question that is. So it says the Cardinals are working to acquire a certain player, but want to make sure more specifics don't become public and hurt their chances chances of completing a trade. Source: Jim Bowden, the Athletic. Cool. Thanks, so, guy. <laughs> so what does that mean? So I guess like when, when these types of rumors happen, I guess like the first question is like, do you believe there is any information in there at all? Or do you believe he is fulfilling an assignment and he has to get his article for the athletic done? Yeah. I mean, the I, I do believe him that the Cardinals are involved in a, in trade discussions. Yeah. And that's all that that thing is saying. Yeah. I mean, that part about like, you know, they don't want it to get public because it could impact the negotiations. Yeah. They're doy. That's every trade. Right. That like, that's what, I mean, I know like with modern reporting, it'll frequently be like, oh, the Cardinals, Blue Jays and Mariners are interested in X player, da, 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 you know? And the only reason that ever is out is because the, the front offices want it out. You right. know, um, but there's constantly discussions going on between teams that neither side wants out for a variety of reasons. So reporting that the Cardinals are inv involved in a trade discussion that neither side wants anyone to know about is one. Yeah, obvious. That is probably always like teams are always GMs are always talking to each other. Yeah. Teams are always talking to each other. And two, the least verifiable, <laughs> um, like rumor of all time, because he's saying the Cardinals are involved in something, but don't go asking them about it because yeah. they don't want to talk about it. So and don't, you don't try tell to them I told you what yeah, I don't know. So don't, it, it's like, it's, it is, it's a nonsense tweet, yeah. which is funny. Um, and I guess like, you know, okay, if we take it super literal, super right now, this is a unique moment, then it means the Cardinals are involved in some degree of serious trade talk, which yeah. is cool. You know, we kind of assumed like that's just what they're doing all off season. It, but I guess it's nice to know they're not just doing nothing, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I, I didn't think yeah. that in the first place, you know. 
Yeah, I know. And it's so funny. It's like almost perfectly written in a way to like, he knows how Cardinals fans are. We're psychopaths. We'll we'll read and reread everything and speculate wildly. So almost like he perfectly formulated that to like peak that and, and cause yeah. ire and, and frustration. But and, yeah, and that, the, that image on it is just like a, a silhouette of a head with a big question mark in it, which yeah. is like. Also, like a Google default image search sort of thing is like all of it is meant to be as nothing as possible. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, hopefully it's a pitcher. Um, I think the the long shot is who I already mentioned, Bieber, um, which would be a blast and a half. And and the uh, Indians really or the geez, Guardians really need help with their offense and the Cardinals could help them with that. Uh, But I think more likely one of those four or five pitchers we were just talking about with the Marlins. And I know you are a huge fan of Justin Bieber, so this would give you, you know, sort of that synchronicity between your yeah. your music tastes and your baseball tastes. Yeah, I could easily justify that trade. I think is uh, that a, is that a Bieber reference? <laughs> I think I think he has a record name, Justify, which is like <laughs> the dumbest. At first, I thought you were making like a Justin joke, but maybe that's it, Justin. Yeah, no, okay. uh, Bieber fans tweet at me. Is that, I'm not even going to look it up. Is that a record? Um, two other names. Uh, I did want to, I, I saw one of these names have been kind of talked about a little bit online. Uh, Edwin Rios, who is a free agent, um, and also Tyler Naquin. Uh, I wanted to bring these, both of these guys up because they are left-handed hitters. They can play multiple positions. Tyler Naquin, pretty much limited to the outfield, uh, but they're left-handed hitters. They have some pop. They don't provide that much else. I guess like Tyler Naquin has a, a nice arm that you could put out in right field, um, but he's not a defensive replacement. Um, and I kind of wanted to make the argument. I think either one of these guys, I, I'm just very pro, as we've talked about for months at this point, I'm very pro just raising the floor. And I think either of these guys, I think really Edwin Rios probably fits the bill a little bit better than Naquin just because he can play either corner uh, and he's got big power in his bat. Um, now that big power comes with a lot of swing and miss, um, and like not very much on base and really not much else other than power. <laughs> uh, but I do think that that is, I just don't see the Cardinals going at any of the other higher end guys. I think this is somebody who can be pro- probably brought in for almost nothing. Um, and, and yeah, I've just pulled up his fan graphs in front of me right now. He's got a 70 yeah. raw power rating. And that, I, I that's the that kind of thing too. that gets me, you know, gets me excited. Yeah, I, I just don't know what he's doing that Alec Burleson isn't bringing to the table. I mean, I know you said uh, back up at first and third, but we're we're probably good there anyway. Um, I mean, he had a 120 WRC plus last yeah. year um, across almost 100 plate appearances. So, like, there's some pop there for sure. And I guess, you know, the last guy off the bench, if they can... Uh, you know, hit some tanks. I guess it's worth it, but I still, I don't know why you're doing it. You're, you're giving it to him. He got four years with the Dodgers to show it yeah. and couldn't, you know, so what's he going to do that Burleson or Yepes or Walker, you know, who he, can also so play those positions. Didn't. Uh, I disagree with that because he had very limited playing time. Um, I, I'm, I'm very aware of that. But his uh, WRC plus over the last four years since 19, and again, very limited playing time. So take it with a grain of salt. He had a 160, he had a 143, he then had an 11, 
And then, like you just said, last year, 120. That 11, though. That 11 <laughs> isn't good. That 11 really stands out because it brings his average career to 95. It does. You know. uh, um, 112. His average, his career is 112. Um, that's oh, still sorry, an above yeah. average hitter. That and is. Like I, that like, is. The Cardinals offense is strong right now. I just think this, to me, is the perfect kind of depth piece. This is the kind of depth piece that obviously the Dodgers have. The fact that you could pull somebody up um, who's either in you know high uh, or in AAA or on the bench, and he can put together a reasonable at bat and scare you a little bit with the with the opportunity for the long ball. This I don't know. I, I would prefer the Cardinals aren't going to make a big splash. I would rather them throw. 30 quality bodies at you than um than than bet on these kids too too much um but again i i probably won't happen but a name that should be invited to spring training at the very least 30 quality bodies sounds like a david lynch film (laughs) (laughs) david lynch should make a baseball movie that'd be great uh i I don't i we probably don't need to talk about tyler naquin then um yeah, he he broke out with Cincinnati uh, to a certain degree. Um, he had an OK year last year. I think he's probably a better hitter than he showed last year. He had 93 WRC plus. Um, I think he's probably a little better player than that. Um, walks a little bit and strikes out a lot of it. But yeah, anyways, like those you are said, two we names. probably don't need to talk about him. He's a big yeah. boy, though. Um, <laughs> he's definitely body. an adult man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we've got more we want to talk about. Um, Of course we do. But before we do, we want to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. If you enjoy it, if you enjoy the content, want to support it, um, want to support us coming back every week, week after week to provide you with this sweet, sweet content, consider joining our Patreon. We truly appreciate those who have and that are considering. Everyone who does gets access to our private Discord server. It's called the Birds Gord. Tweet, tweet. Shout out to the bird scored. Um, we're talking, we, talking about more weird Japanese baseball movies. Uh, in there today, yeah, so. we got a new wreck in there today that um, I'm both excited and terrified to watch. The, yeah. Apparently, Jubei baseball, he's back. Yeah, we've got more. We've got more J- Jubei, um, which I, I I didn't know I needed in my life, but I definitely do need more Jubei. Um, and yeah, it's just a great place cool people and we'd love to have you there at patreon.com slash talking about birds also consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform it helps um then if people want to find us on our social meds where do they go oh just delete twitter (laughs) off your phone uh follow us on twitter at talk about birds uh you can follow our little uh home runs until spring training project and uh, I don't know. That's been kind of fun. Just digging through baseball savant videos, um, when baseball was happening. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram at talking about birds. Uh, and per usual, you can email us questions, thoughts, musings, um, I don't know, critical insights, uh, jabs, personal attacks at talk about birds at gmail.com. Um, and outside of that, make sure if you uh, prefer to listen to us on Spotify, you can do that. Um, so wow. check us out on Spotify, podcast apps, review us, all that good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll reiterate, come to the bird score. It's been great. Yeah. Um, so speaking of emails, we received a nice email the other day that I wanted to read some of it here on the show. So Steve writes to us 
Hey guys, I'm a big, I'm a huge Cardinals fan in Seattle. So I watch and listen to a lot of Mariners games. I have to say that after hearing your Aaron Goldsmith recommendation, I was horrified. <laughs> Here's what really bugs me about him. Every other word is some sort of baseball metaphor. It's like he tries to jam as many of them into one paragraph as he can. And it feels like the game gets lost because he's trying so hard to sound like every great broadcaster that came before him. You can also get a little bit over the top when a good play happens. Um, so he goes on to add some more context and uh, says some nice things about the show. So thank you, Steve, uh, in Seattle um, for writing in uh, the subject matter of this email was or the subject of this email was Aaron Goldsmith. Please know. <laughs> yeah. So um, I wrote back to him saying, of course, we should have known Ben's recommendation would be sure. bad. So uh, thank you, Steve. I love that we're getting to the point with this show where we can make a take about something in Seattle and a listener in Seattle wrote to <laughs> us. So um, that's awesome. You know, we we had a uh, our opening joke came from a listener and we had this email from a listener. So we really love that interaction. And please tell us why Ben is wrong. We want to yeah. know. Yeah. And I'll say like, you know, it's like the way Steve framed that. And, and obviously, like, I'm just going to def like, I, I trust his opinion over mine. I've watched a handful of uh, uh, Mariners games and it sounds like he watches a lot more. And I will say based on his description of Aaron Goldsmith's style, that would drive me absolutely nuts. I think what you and I, and I think most baseball fans and, and modern fans in particular, want somebody who is conversational in the yeah. moment aware of what's going on. Um, and, and it sounds like that's the, you know, the complete opposite of what we're looking for. So I am off the Aaron Goldsmith train. <laughs> you um, convinced us, Steve. I mean, honestly, like, I don't want to listen to that. That shit drives me insane, especially yeah. like, you know, he's talking about like the, the uh, Joe Buck was able to weave those uh, uh, stories and those witticisms and those baseball sayings or whatever in, seamlessly and if it's something that a fan is noticing and somebody who is a cardinals fans fir first and a mariners fan second like that that's just bad so yeah so i'm canceling my subscription um uh, i'm sending <laughs> it back uh no soup for you uh can i is there any other <laughs> stupid phrasing i can put in there <laughs> when the chips are down yeah yeah uh, um hmm. when the hens I, come home I won't give come that home? 110%. Yeah. See what I did there? That's what, like, what Aaron Goldsmith probably sounds like. Oh, I see. That was good. That was yeah. layers. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thanks for the email, Steve. Yeah. Thank you. Um, all right. Let's talk about the rest of the the hot stove. What's been going on? Yeah. Um, ben, you want to you wanna run down this list? Yeah. I mean, while the Cardinals have been quiet, there things have been happening in the league. We finally have a resolution to the Carlos Correa saga. Which wow. I think this podcast slightly mildly called that this would happen. Yeah, um, we did. I think we said he's going to end up back with the twins when all this was yeah. coming out. Yeah. So Carlos Correa, the Mets, uh, the the Mets didn't even really tell him like tell him off. They offered him. Let me see. I have it in front of me right here. I think it was six one fifty seven. The yeah, the Mets were going to fully guarantee him six years, one fifty seven point five million. Uh, but the final six would only be conditionally guaranteed. So Correa will make $42.5 million more in his first six with the Twins. So the Well, twi there, there was, hold on. There was, a, there was a piece that came out recently with the, the Mets deal. The Mets deal also included 
that he would have to get a physical after every year and he'd, okay. have, to pa- and he'd have to pass the physical or the contract would be nullified. Yeah. So every year a physical. So there's, I, there, there's clearly there's something yeah. really wrong with Carlos Correa's leg or I whatever. I would wonder if that would even get through the players union. I wonder if they would let that fly. Um, we won't know now because it wasn't signed yeah. or attempted to sign. But anyways, uh, Carlos Correa, six years, $200 million, lots of escalators. He could make up to $270 million. There are options. There are uh, all kinds of different things he can do to add to that. But really, it's $200 million guaranteed, six years. Um, obviously, we don't know what's going on with his ankle. We do know it's his ankle. Um, but I have to say, this is an absolute win for the Twins, even if there's a season or a season and a half of him being injured and requiring surgery or whatever it might be. I mean, this is a team who clearly doesn't have the financial might of the Giants or the Mets or whatever coasty team you want to talk about. And they go get a top, what, what do you like, top 15 player, top 10 player in baseball? When he's healthy, he's arguably a top five player in baseball. He has the um, highest war per 162 of like anybody other than, you know, like a Mike Trout, you know. So, um, you know, for a small market, you know, quote unquote, small market team um, like the Twins. Yeah, it's a huge win. I mean, it's it's only secondarily as surprising as when the Twins signed him in 2022, you know. Um, so I think it's cool, I guess, like it, it's all such a weird thing. I will say I'm glad I'm happier that he's on the twins than him being on the Mets or the giants. Yeah. This is a win for the Cardinals also yeah. <laughs> everyone in the NL, yeah. you know, get him out of here. And it's far and the, more interesting, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the AL central is, I think kind of an open, you know, it's pretty wide open yeah. and the twins have, been going for it year after year and and kind of like a kind of like a cardinals way you know kind of a conservative um approach but they they're clearly obviously they're willing to do this and they were willing to sign him last year too so um yeah, yeah I mean, it's it's been interesting the, the twins need some help on pitching but you have to like their position player group at least to a certain extent especially with correa coming back and we've talked on this podcast about how much we love byron buxton so hopefully they can link up and I mean, yeah. like, like you said, the central AL central is open for the taking. So go twins. Yeah, really, really interesting. And yeah. we'll, we'll just see where this goes. I mean, obviously, you know, I hope he's healthy. Obviously yeah. there's a lot of mixed emotions with Correa because of all of, you know, massive cheating scam <laughs> and all and of that lack of contrition. Lack, and, yeah. yeah there's, it's... there's a lot of reasons to not like Carlos Correa and that's yeah. fine. But like on a just on the field level, like, yeah. you know, he's one of the best in the game and you want him to be healthy and you want to see like a team like the twins that put it out there and, yeah. and sign a guy like him. You want to see them rewarded for uh, for for sticking with a guy. Yeah, that's that. I, I do think it's really funny. They, they're putting out like he's home, you know, all these <laughs> things. And it's like he signed one year with you and then you let you like very clearly we're not going to sign him. And the only reason you're doing it is because you're more comfortable with his physical than everyone else. And you're willing to pay him for it. Yeah. It's not like this is some franchise icon that you've like worked to retain through extreme measures. (laughs) He he, like fell back to you, you know, of course they're going to spin it in their way, but it it made me laugh. MLB social media intern is not an easy job, Nate. Okay. So 
Good, good for that person. Um, He's home. Yeah. Speaking of uh, being home or retaining players or whatever you want to call it, Heim Bloom, we've given him a ton of crap. Um, maybe me more than Nate. Uh, it's been a little pointed, but Heim Bloom does his job and he retains Raphael Devers. Uh, it yes. was reported it was 11 years, 331. I think what it's actually coming out to be is it's a 10 year, $313 million extension on top of his salary that he'll make next year or this upcoming year, uh, 2023, he'll make 17.5. But either way, they, they back it up. They, they give Devers honestly more money than I think he would have gotten in free agency. I find it a little bit crazy to give who I see as a first baseman over $300 million. Um, that being said, his batted bro- batted ball profile is like, if you could give a character in MLB The Show, the video game, a batted bro- ball profile, you'd give him Rafael Devers. He hits the ball hard, harder than almost anyone. He sprays the ball like crazy. Um, and he probably hasn't really even tapped into his potential yet. I think he's 26 years old. Um, and yeah, they have him until he's 37. Uh, so I I think this is probably a good deal. It may be a slight overpay. Maybe I'm overthinking the positional flexibility aspect of it, but good for the Red Sox. I mean, more importantly, good for Red Sox fans. They get like, yeah, like again, why would you pay Devers this kind of cash when you want to pay Mookie Betts this kind of cash? Who's like a tremendous hitter and also one of the best defenders in baseball. I don't know. Um, but credit well, is where credit's due. I mean, you know, to be fair, Mookie Betts is, you know, now over 30. And uh, like, I think he's still a tremendous hitter, but speed was a major part of his game. And that's clearly declining on Mookie Betts's, uh front. And Rafael Devers is a like classic masher, you know, yeah. and it's it's not going to really matter where he's playing ultimately he's there to hit and they're also banking on 10 years from now uh 30 million or whatever being like you know they're they're hoping at 32 he's still slugging like most of these guys tend to age you know they they you know it's paul goldschmidt it's yeah you know like they they might be having their peak seasons at 32 33 and at that point in 2030 yeah. or whatever i like, just if you're going to say I got to spend $300 million on a player, I would take bets over Devers. Just that's just how it is. I, I, I see what you're saying. His, like I said, you could not ask for somebody to hit the ball in a more desirable way than Rafi Devers does. Yeah. But he's I a first I, baseman. And if that bat starts to slip, if he starts to strike it, out, he's not worthless, but he's not yeah. an MVP level player like Mookie is. Mookie is what? Uh, he is, how old is Mookie? Mookie's going to be 30, 30 next year. So he's four years older and is still doing everything that you want him to do. I know he's taken a little step back on the stolen bases, um, but he's still probably the best right fielder in baseball. He hits home run. He does. I mean, you know, everyone knows Mookie Betts. He's amazing. Yes, he is. Um, I'm a huge fan of Mookie Betts. And last year he had, you know, one of his better seasons. So it's, it's, I'm not saying he's like declining or anything, but I, I think what I would probably say is that um, Betts is a, is a better overall baseball player. Like he does everything, and he plays a premium position or can't ha- you know play at a premium position. 
but Devers might be just a better pure hitter, but yes. that might not be fair to Betts, who's also a fantastic hitter. But, yeah. you know, it's like different profile types. It's like Freddie Freeman, you know, versus um, like Ronald Acuna Jr., you know, like, yeah, you're, you're and up. You're who's, taking Acuna. Who's you know? exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You're taking Acuna because he's doing everything. Yeah. But you're also pretty freaking happy having Freddie Freeman on your team, too. hundred percent. hundred percent. And that's more. I'm more just surprised that like somebody who's a going to end up, I think, very soon being a first base DH got three hundred million dollars. That's that's really yeah. what I was surprised uh, to see, especially when we see like Matt Olson get like half that much money and Austin Riley right. get a hundred million dollars less than that. And he's probably a better defender at third base. And I mean, Nolan Arenado, obviously, it was a few years ago at this point, got 260, which is less than Devers. And I would say I would take Arenado over Devers. Um, but yeah, you know, anyways, uh, I agree with all of that. Yeah. That is all. It's it's interesting. He got so much more than multiple dudes who comp equal or arguably better than him. Yeah. Um, so good yeah. for Ravi, though. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know. Okay, uh, we'll move on. Actually, we're not going to move on too far. We're still going to talk about the Red Sox. Uh, Trevor Story in underwent a uh, brace surgery on his right elbow. He was throwing elbow uh, earlier this week, meaning that he's going to be out. Uh, I think it's about six months or so. So that's going to affect the start of the season. Um, not, not what you're looking for. They they paid him a lot of money. They didn't retain Xander Bogarts. I'm going back to being critical of Heim Bloom again. Um, yeah. And, you know, if you're paying attention to Trevor's story before he left the Rockies and definitely if you're paying attention to him last year, you saw his arm really, really, really start to look worse, worse and worse. And then this happens um, kind of just speaks to the Red Sox, Red Sox not making a ton of sense to me. I know I've seen like to bring this back to a Cardinals slide. I've seen people talk about how, oh, this means they need Paul DeYoung, right? <laughs> um, which yeah. is. LOL to me, but uh Paul Young for Chris Sale. Who says no? Come on. Yeah. Make it happen, Mo. Yeah, bad contract for bad contract, right? That's yeah. Somebody, yeah. somebody on Twitter said that for sure. Um, um yeah, yeah, you know, I don't know, I don't have much to add to it. I, I think just as we're both fans of Trevor Story, so it is yeah. kind of a bummer. Um, but guys come back from this, you yeah. know, and uh he obviously was partly known for his defense, but first and foremost, he was known for his offensive ability and hopefully like this can he can recover from this. Um, I think we generally thought that the, the signing of Trevor Story was good from the Red Sox when it happened, but like it's easy to pile on to the Red Sox, you know, in a vacuum, when, it's good. But yeah. when you look at like what they did to Xander, them getting rid of Mookie, just their nor like the rest of their player acquisition and, and management, it's it's questionable, but uh, uh, especially like. It's it's funny that they have gone last year. They had Xander Bogarts and Trevor Story up the middle, and this upcoming season they're going to have like Kike Hernandez and someone else. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, yeah. Liam Hendricks to begin treatment for non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which we just learned this week. Uh, which you know, there to put a little bit of a Cardinals flavor on this. I think there were talks of the Cardinals maybe trading for him. He made sense for the. White Sox to potentially move him. Um, obviously, you know, I, I think first and foremost, we just hope that Liam Hendricks gets healthy. Uh, the good yeah. news is it seems like they caught it fairly early and he's going under treatment right away. Um, but not not the kind of baseball story you want to read. 
no, I, you know, not allowed to add to this. It's a bummer. Um, you know, fortunately for these guys, they are um, peak health with peak uh, like monitoring and peak response to problems. So, you know, um, and from my understanding, it's a very treatable um, yeah. you know, version of this. So um, you never know. But of all people equipped to, um, you know, recover, he you have to like his situation. Um, so, yeah can't control it but he seems to have a a good you know response to it he's such a cool dude i'm you know we all love Liam hendrick so yeah. um wishing the best for him a speedy recovery and get him back on the mound yeah um now uh we talked about this signing a little bit already but just uh put a pen in it marlon signed johnny cueto 8.5 million dollars probably would have been a good draftee in our free agent scraps big money draft um but that money goes nowhere as far as we're concerned um, yeah, just super strange. I, I it yeah. only makes sense if they trade someone. Yeah. Uh, the national sign Cardinal legend, Corey Dickerson for $2.5 million, kind of just the, adding to their Island of misfit toys over there in national land. Yeah. The, the Dickerson era has come to an end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Don Mattingly joins the Nashville stars group in a push for an MLB franchise. It seems, I, I think we are really getting close to an expansion team. And I think it's going to be Nashville and Montreal. Um, but seeing Mattingly join is, is definitely interesting and definitely makes me think that that timeline is shorter than shorter than longer, I guess. I don't know how to phrase that, but yeah. Manfred has said it's a priority to expand the MLB. So after they um, fix the A stadium issue and the Rays stadium issue, he keeps saying that too, which I don't know if anything's going to happen with that, but We'll see, but yeah, Nashville um, it's would be obviously fun. happening. Yeah. yeah, it's it's obviously happening, and um, Nashville makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and it's close to St. Louis, which would be good for you and Cardinals fans. Yeah, um, be fun if they were a National League team. Although I guess balanced schedule doesn't matter; they could be anywhere. Yeah. Um, MLB reinstates former Braves GM John Copapella. 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 Copalella? Copalella? It's Copalella. Ooh. <laughs> Copalella. All right. MLB reinstates <laughs> former Braves GM Johnny C um, from permanently ineligible list. That wasn't so permanent. He was on the list for five years and now he's back and he was tricking youngsters from South America. Um, and his yeah. transgressions have been um forgotten Burged. he He's is, good does not have a job but he is now eligible to be hired by major league baseball or a team within major league baseball and i don't know i guess like i think i already made my point like the five-year permanent ban are you kidding me what like what a toothless yeah it's uh, super uh, strange yeah I, I, yeah i don't know it doesn't i don't get it i've not read enough about why there, I don't know if there's even any explanation as to why. Just, I guess. Oh, they, they he showed control. He seemed legitimately sorry for his actions. Oh, okay. He, well, that's he, cool. Yeah, he met with like a tribunal, and they said, "Thank you, Copapella, Copapel, Copa, Copapella. Uh, we believe that you are contrite, and we, you, you seem like our kind of guy. Why don't you come back into the club? Yeah. Uh. Which is also funny because, like, could the Braves have, yeah, the Braves have benefited so much by having Anthopolis over Copapella. Um, 
maybe it was a takedown job. Maybe, yeah. you know, they, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't yeah. get it. It's stupid. And yeah, like what the hell is the point of a lifetime ban? If it can even be reversed. Right. Five, I didn't even know it could be five year lifetime. Maybe, maybe they were doing like a, a squirrel's lifetime or a, a raccoon. <laughs> yeah. Lifetime. I bet they were doing a squirrel's lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's uh, a little asterisk in the <laughs> in the legal notice, and at the bottom it says like it, it's a lifetime asterisk down at the bottom. Squirrels <laughs> appendix, and there was squirrels. a a specific squirrel. Like as this, soon as he died, squirrels lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Man, we got some fat squirrels in our backyard, by the way. Sick, so, bro. Yeah, that's sick. <laughs> yeah, my dude. <laughs> um, okay, one one more piece of news, and then we can end the uh, uh league news section uh to to follow up on our fast boom uh draft um there was another signing the blue jays signed brandon belt one year 9.3 million most importantly that uh scooches my lead over nate to almost 20 million bucks uh scooches with three people signed we each have three guys signed um, and then on the other side of that, I think it's probably a really good signing for the Blue Jays. I think Brandon Belt is probably going to have a nice year. He still walks. He still has some power. The Blue Jays have a good offense. Uh, he can uh, play first base, give Vladdy a day off his feet. He could DH. Um, yeah, probably. I think it scooches him up a little bit. Yeah, a little scooch. A little scooch. Uh, yeah, it's probably a good signing. And for nine million, that's kind of I think what you were expecting probably with that pick in our in our little yeah our little game here. Yeah, um, I thought he was an opportunity maybe to get a two year deal, but yeah. Uh, no, yeah, one year nine point three I think adds up. Yeah, so we're still looking for from your side, Danny Duffy, Brian Anderson, and Elvis Andrus are still on the board. And for me, uh, Jerks and Profar, Michael Waka, and Trey Mancini yeah. are still on the board. So I'm I'm really needing something from. I think Waka is my my gamble here. If maybe someone will overpay him for two or three years, yeah. I think Profar um, is going to make some money. I think he'll make get yeah. a multi year deal. That, that's really where so it comes too. from. You need the multi years. Yeah, I think so too. But that's why I think. Like Profar will keep me in the game, but my chance at my only chance at winning it right now, I think, is Waka getting yep. more than we were expecting. Yeah, I wouldn't be so. surprised if Mancini signs exactly what Brandon Belt just signed. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, he's younger, but less of a you know track record. Yeah, as, the right-handed as, hitting, I think, hurts him. But yeah, all that. Yeah. All right, that's all I got for league news. All right, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, wrap up this episode. But before we do. Can play a little game. So, Ben, we talk a lot about WRC Plus on this show. Uh, weighted runs created. It's a great way to compare players against the league, give some good context um, to how they're performing against their peers yeah. at the same time. Um, so I'm interested to see just how well you know some of the best WRC Plus performances that we've seen from the Cardinals over the last 20 years. Oh God. Okay. Uh, and so we're playing another version of one of our favorite games. Who charted? Who charted? Okay. <laughs> so I used a website. Maybe you knew about this site. I did not. Um, have you been to statmuse.com? I don't think so. So it's really cool because you can write in prompts um, into a search field and it'll actually create little reports for you as long as you write the prompt 
in a way that makes sense. Okay. Um, but it's pretty cool. It, it, like if you don't feel like you're great at creating reports in baseball reference or fan graphs, but you have like something very specific you're trying to get, um, this tool might be able to do it for you. It doesn't have everything. Um, like it doesn't yet have like war in it, you know? So there's some, still some things that they're working on clearly, but, um, I wrote into this, uh, um, into website, this, into this website, the search bar, <laughs> Best WRC plus by a Cardinal player since 2000 minimum 500 plate appearances, not including playoffs. Okay. So this it's combining everything together. So it's not single season. Yeah. It's best WRC plus with a minimum of 500 plate appearances as a Cardinal since the year 2000. Does that make sense? It's combined for their career as a Cardinal. Yes. Okay. So I've got a list here. I think we're going to do top 10. Yeah. How many of the top 10 can you get? Okay. With each, you've got three outs and you're done. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, so we'll go ahead and get started. So what's your guess? Yeah. I mean, number one with a bullet, uh, Albert. Uh, show me Albert Pujols. Yep, you got Albert. Um, number one. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, we got the sound effects back. All right, Albert number one. Albert number one. That's uh, easy with a WRC plus of one fifty nine. Golly, he was good. Um. Okay, that was easy. Give me, give me a Matt Holiday for number two. There you go. There you go. So slow on the. I shut up. <laughs> you think you'd be ready to hit the cheer button for me? I cl- I clicked right next to it. I clicked um, right. What happened was, so Matt Holiday number six. Oh, I thought he'd be number two. With a one thirty three. One thirty three. Nice. WRC plus. Jorb Matthew. Um, we'll take another Matt. Matt Carpenter. Matt. Show me, Matty Bobo. Yeah. What? Yeah, those last years, you know, really hurt him. Now, to be fair, let's see. He is 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. He is 14th. Wow. Yeah. I um, am with a, flabbergasted with a, by that. With a 120 WRC wow. plus. Okay. Uh, show me. What was the first year? 2000? Yeah. Show me Jim Edmonds on the board. Yeah. Jim Edmonds. Texty Mix Texterson. Number five. <laughs> number five. Yeah. 135. I thought he would have been a little higher than that. Okay. Let's do. Oh, future Hall of Famer. Scottrick Rollin, please. Scottrick Rollin. Uh, let me see. Put it on the board. Yeah. What? <laughs> Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. The list is not numbered. He is twelve with really? a one tw- with a one twenty two. I am shocked, um, and frightened by that. Okay, uh, give me Paulie Goldschmidt, number four on the board with a one thirty nine. Here we go. Do I have two strikes? You do. 
Oof. Okay. I thought this would be a little harder than you'd think. Um, so you've got number one, four, five, and six. One, four, five, and six. Okay. Um, man, if Scott Rowland wasn't up there, then it's got me questioning my Nolan Arenado guess. Uh, but it he's Nolan. I guess he had one year that wasn't super great. Um Oh, okay. I, I feel like I have to guess Nolan because he's the most obvious. So I'll just say Nolan. Arenado. Yep. Okay. He's on there. Ooh, I thought you were about to. Uh, he is number seven. It's number seven. Okay. With a 133. Okay. Um, seven with a 133. I am. And it's just 500, right? 500 plate appearances. 500 plate appearances is the minimum. Is Carlos Beltran on this list? He was he had two very good years. But it was just Is that your good. guess? Um shit. Uh I feel more confident about a different guess, so I'm going to go with my different okay. guess first. I'm going to say JD Drew first. Nice. That is one that I was not sure if you were going to get. Okay. So he comes in right after Nolan Arenado. Yeah. Um, at number eight. Okay. Um, then I want to go Beltron. I, I feel slightly more confident now that I got JD out. God bless it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> uh, Beltron is um, like number 15 or 16. Damn. Can I make one yeah. more guess? Sure. Is. Oh, crap. Is Edgar Renteria on the list? Edgar Renteria? No. Where is he? Hold on. Let's see. He's not. No, he's not even. Damn. Really? No. Okay. All right. Here's the list. Yeah. Albert Pujols. Got it. Mark McGuire. Oh, God. Did he? Lance. I guess he did just barely break into the 2000s. Yep. Lance Berkman. Lance Berkman Remember had him? a higher WRC plus than Carlos Beltran. I am shocked by that. Yeah. Um, Goldschmidt, Edmonds, Holiday, Arenado, JD Drew, and then Ryan Ludwig. Wow. And Tommy Pham. Huh. Well, man. Okay. I'm looking it up. So, yeah, Mark McGuire played in 2000 and 2001. Yep. And had one very good year and one okay year. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, I would definitely not have guessed McGuire. I thought that, that there's no way he would creep into the 2000s um, with that production. But I have. Damn. Thanks, Mark. <laughs> For nothing. Yeah, I was. that was the most surprising to me as well. And then Lance Berkman not being number three. Um, but, I mean, if you think about it, Beltron was obviously awesome. But he was, again, it was more of like the complete package. Whereas Berkman just hit the shit out of the ball as a Cardinal. I know as my, like thinking of my memory though, is he had one good year and one not so good year. Um, and yeah, I'm looking at it now and it looks like for his second year, he was just mostly injured, but he did still hit, uh, even though he only played 32 games. Um, but wow. Yeah. yeah his, uh, his 2011, he had a, a 959 OPS. Um, okay. Yeah. Respect to Lance. Yeah, one sixty three WRC plus. All right. Well, in, in that in that year. Yeah. So, Good for you, Lance. Well, 
You got uh, six out of ten. Yeah, that's okay. I failed. Uh, I I knew you would not get Ryan Ludwig, but I thought you'd be happy to see him on the list. I do love me some Luddy. Yeah. So, all right, that's going to do it. Thanks, everybody. Another week. We're getting through it. We're just a month or so away from the uh, the start of uh, pitchers and catchers reporting, and uh, I think we're we're all ready for it now that. Uh, that other sport is done um, that I don't really pay attention to, but most people do. Um, you know, the, all eyes are back on baseball. That's right. It's baseball season. Wait, aren't um, we supposed to have a Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. The Super Bowl hasn't happened yet. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> the playoffs haven't even happened yet. Oh, my God. The regular season is done. We don't it's... watch football if you didn't pick up on that right there. We don't watch football at all. <laughs> tequila yeah all right thanks everybody we'll be back next week with another episode again check out the patreon patreon.com slash talking about birds and until next week train for pablo lopez <laughs> <laughs> I okay thank you bye <laughs>